Hello and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Freed coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, the Rio All Suites Hotel. We are here every Tuesday and Friday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. That's how it all works. We're here with a special episode from the road. I figured it'd be fun to tape both of this week's from Vegas since I'm out here. I brought the equipment we're in the hotel room the hotel at the rio is just saying it kind of looks like the garage that all the other hotels put their old shit into but that's fine because the comedy cellar's here and i'm gonna do shows here every night this week at the comedy cellar at the rio the club is actually awesome and it feels like you're at this they built it so they came in here And they took the bricks and put them up and made it look like the cellar. It does feel like you're in a New York City club. Um, I'm going to do today's episode as a loner. Turn down the lights. Set the music down. Let's play some slow jams. Put the lights on a dim. It's just you and Papa JT. Just you and me, baby. And listen. That doesn't mean we stop feathering these nuts because today you're going to get a lot of emails, a lot of bang for your buck, okay? We're going to go straight into the mailbag. We're going to go through them all. And, and sometimes I go and I read a read a, an email and I look at the title and I go, this was a good one, and then it's too long. This won't be that episode. We're going straight from the top to the bottom. We don't care how long some of the emails are. Maybe we'll get through to the middle of one and we'll go, well, fuck this bitch, let's move on, but... For the most part, we're just going to go email, 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 email. So it's just you and Papa JT, baby. Listen, before we get started, though, I flew here this morning from New York City. Uh, There's a great Coffee with J Train that's up. The one from yesterday, that's what the Coffee with J Train is all about. So if you don't subscribe to Patreon, I think this is the week to do it. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Three bucks a month. That's three bucks Four podcasts a month. That's all the blogs about behind the scenes, what's going on. Last week, we had Andrew Schultz on. A lot of opinions on Schultzy. I love the opinions. I love that he polarizes and he brings his, his A game when he comes on. So I want to hear from you. Come to Patreon, patreon.com slash Jared Freed. And one last thing. I used to talk about this app a lot. And then it kind of, you know, I don't want to bring it up every time, but I love you're listening to this podcast on a podcast app. You're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it might be. Laughable, laughable, laughable. It is a free podcast app. Go into the iTunes store, go get your laughable app. If you don't use laughable to listen to the podcast, you're wrong. It's the best podcast app there is out there because you can subscribe to any of the guests we have on the show, and then in your feed, it'll pop up when they've been a guest on other people's shows. So it's a good thing when you're saying, man, I've had enough of Papa JT. Man, I've had enough of the King of Brunch. Man, I've had enough of the Climax Czar. And you're like, I want to get some other stuff. You go in there, and it's like it brings you the bread from heaven. And all the guests that you like from the show, you can subscribe to. Now, Laughable has just launched, and this is why we're talking about it. They just launched for Android, okay? And the iPhone better uh, version is actually better than ever. So listen, 
It's been since the beginning of us talking about Laughable. That's the Laughable app. That's the best podcast app there is out there. The best podcast app out there. Listen, all the Android freaks were like, when do we get involved? Well, now you're in. It's out. So it's out on Android. You guys, Laughable's specialty is comedians, but you can follow tons of non-comedians and their guest appearances too. So they have everybody on that app. So it's the best. It's just a gr- I'm a, you know... If you listen to this show regularly, you know I'm a podcast guy. I'm not just I'm not just a podcaster. I'm a podcast listener. I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. Remember that commercial? None of you? Okay. I I'm just saying as a podcast user and as a listener, I know what I want out of an app and laughable and the reason I'm 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 pimping it right now is because we got into business together. Laughable said we need someone who can give us advice on what a podcaster would want out of an app. And, and I'm one of those people. So listen, go on the App Store, go wherever. You can go to Google Play Store and the App Store and download it for free today. You're going to like it way more than whatever app you're using. I, I can, I'll put that J-Train stamp on that right now. So we're here in Vegas. A loner episode. Dim the house lights, people. Get a nice glass of red. Let's hit these emails up. I flew here from New York City this morning. You ever go to the airport and there's just, or anywhere for that matter, anywhere that you spend a lot of time at, there's like your nemesis. I got into TSA preline and there was a guy and his girlfriend or wife in front of me. And I'm just looking at them being like, these people are moving way too fucking slow. And it doesn't take a lot to piss me off in TSA preline. I'll admit that. You could literally bend over to, you know, to go, oh, is, is, is there something? Did my wallet fall on the ground? I go, I'd start barking at you. I'd go, rah, 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 rah. move it. Get out of the way. I'm such a TSA pre asshole. So it doesn't take a lot. So these two people were in front of me and I'm looking at them I'm like, these idiots, they keep, and then they were like, you, you, they did that move before, it's out of a Seinfeld episode, but they did that move before going through the x-ray where they had to like, walk really slowly through it, and I'm behind them barking, just like, arr, arr, come on, let's do this. Then we go to the fucking Delta Sky Club, and they're in line in front of me again, futzing around, and then I go to get in the plane, and the guy is my neighbor, just right next to me, and he puts a big ham sandwich in the back pocket of the seat. I mean, can you be any worse? But also, nothing that guy could do would be not an asshole thing for him to do. He, once you get in deep with me or with anybody, you get in that role, you're like, ah. And he could have stood up and been like, hey, everybody, I won the Nobel Peace Prize. I'd be like, this fucking loser. Hey, everybody. He could have saved the plane on a crash landing, and I would have been like, yeah, but he puts a ham sandwich in his seat pocket. He's gross. I don't know. Just Sometimes you get those nemesis. Whenever you're, go, you're traveling and you just can't stop seeing these people. Let's do some emails. You ready? Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. We're going straight into the inbox, okay? Straight into the inbox. Wanna be a wife and a whore. Madonna whore complex. What a start for the J Train loner episode. J-Train, why is there still no feather emoji? This is a huge issue. I agree. There should be a feather emoji. We're fucking up. 
I need some of your magic wisdom. My boyfriend has the Madonna whore complex. I don't understand what that is. He respects me and sees me as a wife material. Every girl's dream, duh. But I know he fulfills that whore desire through porn or other women's sexy photos. He's embarrassed and gets weird talking about porn with me. Our sex life is fire and isn't vanilla, but if we're going to spend 20-plus years together, we got to keep it hot. We've talked, and he acknowledges that he doesn't have as much respect for the whore-type women he's had sexual relations with in the past or watches on porn. A little bit disrespectful for me. I mean, he's the one fucking these girls, so why don't you put that word away? But I understand what she's saying. She's basically saying she wants to get a little nutty with her boyfriend and he sees her in a different light than he would someone that he wouldn't be thinking about marriage with. And, and the problem with relationships is once you button up the shirt, it's tough to unbutton it and rebutton it again. If you miss a button on the sex shirt, it's tough to go back. So that happens very quickly. You could be six months in, you go, well, I didn't bring it up from the beginning, so now it's like this big coming out process. Like I've been hiding and like I've been sitting, you know, beneath the covers, you know, you know, doing slow wax with the computer on while she isn't looking. I can understand why he would be embarrassed to maybe bring up some of the things he'd like to do. Also, it's really hard to go from uh, coming on someone's face to you want to go get food? You want to do Chinese food? Ah, take it, you bitch. Want to go? You want to go see a movie? I think the new Avengers is out. That's tough. That's really tough to do. He knows I want to spice it up and is open to it, but don't doesn't doesn't know where to start and is kind of shy about it. He refuses a pop of a pinky. Ooh, that's a little pinky in the butt. I mean, first of all, don't use your pinky. You might lose a fucking pinky. You need a more sturdy finger. What can I do to still keep this Madonna pure wife image with him, but also be a whore when I need to be? You're doing God's work. Keep it up. She sent a picture of them, too. They're a very good-looking couple. They, um, yeah, you can see where, and also he's like, you know, one of the pictures, he's like in the I just got out of work attire, and she's got, you know, a little bit of, you know, cleavage. Show. You know, you could tell she gets a little wild that maybe a, it just has that look, like just from the. I mean, she wrote the email, so I'm I'm not putting too many assumptions on here. I would say, here's what you do. This is the only way out of this because he's never gonna do. He's never gonna really. He's already said he's gonna do. He's already said what he's gonna do all the time. He knows I want to spice it up and is open to it, but doesn't know where to start. That's kind of where everyone is. So for her, where she's like, I want to be this sexual object for him and then also be his girlfriend you need to separate i think you create a night but also don't make it his responsibility to create the night because at this point you're in the i don't know i don't know i don't know okay missionary back to where you started so if i were her i and as her boyfriend i would want her to write the playbook for a night. And what you do is you make it one specific night. You plan for it. Send him an invitation, an evite of some sort. So now for him, this is kind of a role play more than it is, okay, you want to go see the new Avengers? You know, like that's kind of what I was talking about before where it's like you go from, 
oh, you're, you're, you're my, you know, I'm going to fuck you all like crazy. And then it's like, yeah, well, that Chinese food wasn't great last week. Let's get a new place. Like, it's tough to go from one extreme to the other. And that's probably what's toughest in the relationship sex department of getting wild and kinky. So for you, lady, I would create a night. I would send them like, you know, like I would just create a night for yourself where you are in charge. You say to him, we're going out on this Saturday. I have a hotel room. And even get out of the house so you're not even around your stuff. So you go get a hotel room, do a night, and then you Google some shit. You, and, I, and a lot of, there might be a woman being like, why is it all her responsibility? Because this is what she wants. And someone has to lead. Someone has to get them out of, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Missionary. Someone has to dig them out of this vanilla sex that they're having. She says their sex life is fire, but I don't believe it. You're writing into a podcast, so something's off. So what you do, get out of the house, get a hotel room. You plan the whole thing. You go maybe get some toys. You maybe plan to get something that you're going to put on his, you know, put a ring on his cock or some shit, whatever it might be. But you write the script for the night and take it to a different place that isn't the same one where you do your laundry and he calls his mom from. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. To risk it or not to risk it? That is the question. <clears throat> Hi, J Train Shelby, an amazing guest who hopefully didn't pipe in early. <laughs> well, no guests today, just me and you, baby. I'm a 35-year-old female and work in an office with a guy who is in his early 40s. I am single, never married, and no kids. I am on coffee, meats, bagel, but not actively using it because I think about this guy a lot. He's one of the nicest guys I've met and kind of dorky, like laughs at his own jokes and stuff. Yeah, or a narcissist. Uh, But I think it's cute. He is really intelligent and down-to-earth, too. I know he's single because he's mentioned it several times in conversation, never married, no kids. He's asked me to lunch more than once, but the only time I felt brave enough to go was on my birthday when another coworker went to, puts in parentheses, that it was a female coworker. Deep down, I'm scared of where of weird office tension, coworker gossip. I work for a government agency, and they actually give you better health insurance if you have a spouse working for the government, too. <laughs> well, we're a little ahead of ourselves, okay? This is a very female email because, <laughs> well, if we get married, the, the insurance is better. Why don't you start with a date? You only went on a, a date with another, with, you know, Becky and HR. If you have a spouse working for the government too, but there's still uh, that whole we work very close awkwardness. I should mention he sits right across the hall from me, so close that we often have conversations just by shouting back and forth. We do work for different programs and have different bosses, which I guess is a bonus. I really like him and want to go out with him, but I'm so scared of awkwardness or God forbid it doesn't work out. What do you do, Papa Jay? Follow your heart and take a risk or just try to move on and get more active on the apps. I attach two pics for references. One of my mom and I and one with a friend. I'm in the floral shirt. She's very cute. Um, Yeah. I think she's got to go for it. You're 35. He's in his early 40s. The ages kind of match up. No kids, no wife, no husband. You both kind of have. And he's. you said he's kind of dorky. And 
you went on the first day when I uh, he asked me to go to lunch more than once, but the only time I felt brave enough to go was on my birthday. So here's what you gotta do. You gotta make this. First of all, don't get ahead of yourself. Do not do this thing where, well, we can get the insurance together, so it won't be that. Awkward. It's going. This isn't gonna work out. Nine, this ninety-nine. There's a 95% chance this doesn't work out, okay? I'm letting you know that right now. I'm not one to encourage people to get into office relationships, but from the sound of it, you've thought about this through, and he's asked you out a couple times, so he's, giving, he's doing buying signals to me. What's the worst that could happen? Office stuff, the worst that could happen is, let's, let's think the worst case scenario. You guys go out, you have sex. He said, "He says, ah, I'm not really looking for anything." You say, "Ah, that's kind of disappointing. I kind of liked where this was going." You have a couple weeks where you guys kind of are a little weird around the office around each other. Then you go talk to him. You go, "Hey, we got to talk this out." Then he goes, "Yeah, you're right." Then you guys say, "Well, we'll just be friends." And then it's out of your system. That's kind of the worst case scenario. I don't think it gets any worse than that because of the way you guys have approached each other. You said he's awkward and dorky and he may laughs at his own jokes and you're being very, very cautious and not even going to lunch with him, which seems a little too cautious in my opinion, at least get to know him over lunch. So my advice, here's what you do, okay? Here's the plan. You, the next time you're there on like a Friday late, you let him know, hey, I'm going to get drinks around the office. You want to go? Just offer that up and see if he comes. And don't even see it as a date. I'm not saying to see it as a date, but see it as a get to know you. Get out of this office environment where you're doing Monday, right? Tuesday, right? Lunch is crazy. How about this weather? You have to get out of that zone because you need to get to know each other. You, you said you think he's... I know he's single because he's mentioned it several times, but you don't know. You're now kind of in love with a ghost. You're talking about whether the health insurance works out at the office, but you don't even know. You're like, I think he has no kids. Go offer up on your way out. On, it doesn't have to be a Friday, though. Just like, hey, I'm going to get some drinks right now. I've kind of had a bug. It's been just a busy day. You want to go get some drinks? That doesn't have to be engaged to be engaged. That's not you giving a promise ring. That's you saying, let's just go out and be friends and be cool. And that might start something. Then we can get to the next. I think a lot of times with these work things or these friend things, we try, we look so far ahead. And she kind of did it. I know I, I'm making fun of it a bit. But she kind of did that thing where she's like, well, it's weird at the office, but they actually encourage us because it's cheaper for our health insurance. It's like, no, no, no. Let's walk before we run, baby. Why don't you... Here's what you do. Hey, it's been a day here. You want to get drinks? I'm going to go downstairs. And, and I would even, don't go downstairs. Let me go back on something I just said. Go a few blocks away. Research. Go to somewhere different, somewhere away from work that you know you're pretty sure people aren't going to also show up to. Hey, I'm going to go walk like five blocks. Then you guys get to walk together. It's a nice day. It's springtime coming up. And let's start with one drink. And then maybe you guys have a couple of drinks and you get to know each other so well and you go, I don't really like this guy. It's more of a friend vibe. But give yourself that opportunity to have the friend vibe. So if you, and, and that's no harm, no foul. 
Or you go for drinks and you go, and then I would go, if things are going well and it's getting, you know, somewhat, you're feeling a vibe, you say, hey, let's go to another place, then another place. And hey, uh, I'd love to do dinner sometime. But I think in the office, when you're in the, the, you know, the office cage, so to speak, it's hard to have, to speak even like at normal volumes with these things. I think it'll be easier for you once you get away from the office, you have a couple drinks just as, hey, let's do drinks. It's, it, you know, we always kind of see each other from across the hall. I'm going to go get a drink. Do you want to come? And then he comes and then you see how, it, and then when you're out of the office, it's going to be easier for you to say, yeah, we, this was so much fun. I don't know why we've done, we haven't done this before. There's lines you can use. Practice these lines. This is so much fun. I don't know why we haven't done this before. Hey, we, you, we should do dinner this week. Hey, take my number. I only have your office email. These are all transitionary things, but go to the first drink because we don't know what's going to happen. But also know that going on the first drink doesn't mean that you're setting yourself up for embarrassment. It could, you have the, the best part about a first drink is that you have the blissful naivete that comes with, oh, I, I just thought we were cool. We were friends. It can be more. It might be more. 95% chance it ain't working out, but I think you should take a shot. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. We're sponsored, people. Even on the road, we're sponsored. I'm a huge fan of this sponsor, Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented in easy-to-digest ways. I will say this. I love Robinhood as someone who used to work in the financial services industry. That's right, people. Papa JT. Um, I'll say the hardest thing was that there was whenever I'd meet with people about their finances, there was this big there was this big divide between people who thought they were allowed to invest and weren't allowed to invest. Oh, I'm not rich enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not ready enough. And I'll say Robinhood is just a device to get you to do the right thing. You know, it's kind of like a fitness app. Where it's like, hey, if Robinhood can get you to put 50 bucks away every other week or 20 bucks away a week or whatever you're comfortable with. And listen, I'm giving you lower numbers. If it's $10 a week, you're doing it. You're going to keep and you have it on a weekly basis. That is a good thing for savings. You ever go to the movies, get a big box of popcorn. Some of the popcorn falls between your crotch. And then you finish the popcorn and you're like, oh man, I'm still kind of hungry. Then you get to the last scene of the movie and you reach behind your crotch and you're like, oh my God, there's popcorn there. That's four savings. <laughs> so that's a little weird. I agree. It's caught no commission fees. Uh, other brokers charge you $10 every trade. I just think for someone who's young or not really, this is a good way. This is like, um, this to me, Robinhood app is a great way to swim with floaties on. Okay, I'm not telling you to put a billion dollars in here. I'm not telling you to fucking bet the bet the farm on a on a stock. I'm saying, go play around with it with a with a few a few shekels, and you can learn by doing. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Portfolio, you like I'm in Vegas right now. I craps. I love playing craps. The only way to learn how to play craps is by playing craps. 
a lot the same to do with the stock market. You got to get in it. And this is a very low risk way to get in because what they're going to do, they're going to give listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at jtrain.robinhood.com. That's jtrain.robinhood.com. Listen, jtrain.robinhood.com, jtrain.robinhood.com. It's giving my listeners a free stock. That's free money. I, I say this all the time, but this is actual free money. But I just like what Robinhood does. I like that it's getting you to start these things. It's like health. It's like wellness. Your financial wellness, that plays into it too. You got to be doing something. Start with Robinhood. That's jtrain.robinhood.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. We're going straight into the inbox. You're hanging here with Papa JT. Turn down the lights. It's a long one. Okay. My ex and I broke up in September after six months of dating. Okay. So that's September after six months of dating. Let's let's say they started in January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Okay, so around February, March they started. We're both 26. He was my first real relationship in four years, and I was his first since early on in college. We had an amazing time together, but I had, but I had both feet in and he didn't. Sounds familiar. Things ended mutually, and both of us genuinely wanted to be friends down the road, so we stayed connected on social media. I know, the little opposite of what, you sh- what we should have done. Yeah, listen, I'm, uh, we're all guilty of that a little bit. We agreed that if he if it ever came became an issue for either of us, we'd speak up. He called me soon after the breakup and was having a hard time, but I was surprisingly fine. I suggested we make a clean break and cut off contact, but he said he wasn't ne- it wasn't necessary. By December, I was the one struggling. I muted him on Instagram and Facebook, but because he was constantly liking and watching my stuff, I'd still see him pop up and we would still interact. I called him and told him I was feeling anxious about it and that it would probably be best to block him for a while. He said he wasn't affected in the same way, but also seemed kind of disappointed. He said he really liked keeping up with what I was doing, but I was if this was really what I wanted... Dot, dot, dot. I explained that I didn't want to cut him out, but being in touch on social media felt confusing and pointless when we weren't seeing each other romantically or as friends. See, this is an interesting thing. It's funny that she puts it this way. We weren't seeing each other romantically or as friends. So what are you? What are you interacting with? You're interacting with the social media avatar of them. It's a bizarre thing, and and it's something we all do, and it's like (coughs) there's a point where... You're wasting your time even though you don't realize you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time looking back or like, you know, kind of dating their ghost. He asked if hanging out as friends would make things better, but I said no. No, it wouldn't. That's, that's, that's the opposite of what would make things better. Not unless we would both be okay if the other person started to see someone new. We both agreed we weren't there yet. But somehow by the end of the conversation, he had taken me, he had talked me off the ledge and we decided to leave things as is. So now they're still following each other. He's still liking. Our interactions on social media are still frequent, confusing, and anxiety-producing. This weird in-between communication is making me insane and making me miss him more than I want to. And so my question is twofold. One, what is he getting out of this? In hindsight, I feel like he was selfish to react in the way he did, and I don't understand his motives. So what is he getting out of this? 
I'll say this. What? So I always, on this podcast, I always talk about how have I, how has something affected me? Why have I done these things? And it's a hard one to answer. I think he hasn't found anyone yet, so he wants to know that there's someone still, he wants to check in on someone who's out there who's a memory of someone who liked him. And I know that sounds crazy and ridiculous, but it is, it's kind of like, you know, to me it's like crutches, any crutch, you know, in life, you're going to use it if it's at your disposal. So if, if, if you can use it, you will use it. If you have the crutches, you will not run on the foot that needs to be, you know, stretched out. If that makes any sense to anyone out there in podcast land, I'm saying that because he has the ability to look back on you, he wants to keep that because then when you disappear on social media, you really disappear for good. And now he has no one, no one out there. There's no signs out there to remind him that there's someone out there that would touch his penis. And all of this is about loneliness. That's all this all is. And all of it is about being feeling not as lonely to avoid, you know, social media is kind of like morphine in that sense, where it's like, you know, when they give you like, you know, pain medication and then you end up, they say, well, if you're on the pain medication, you won't feel it. So you're going to end up hurting your leg more. That's kind of what you do with social media. Social media is this like pain medication that blocks out the real, you know, that does it, that makes you feel less lonely for a second to hide that you're actually physically lonely. And it happens for guy or girl. Two, if the best thing is to pull the plug, what's my move now? After all of this, I don't think I should block him out of the blue, but I clearly struggle with putting my foot down when he gets involved. I'm frustrated with myself for letting it go to this point, and frankly, I'm embarrassed that I would still be feeling this way six months post-breakup. Help me, Duke of Dating Problems. This really needs to end so I can move on with my life. I would say this. She's already given herself the best advice and then disagreed with it. She should out of she should right now if she's listening right now you should go to all his profiles you should block unfollow delete and do it right now you have broken up you said in the relationship let's go through the points she was in the relationship she was both feet in he was not okay he said he wasn't ready um was having a time breakup was uh Things ended mutually, and both of us genuinely wanted to be friends down the road, so we stayed connected. Hold on. He was my first. We broke broke up in September after six months of dating. Both 26. First real relationship in four years. That's why you're holding on, because you're like, this is the first real, you're like, oh, am I four years away from my next one? No, that's not the case. But you can't look back to to describe the future. And I was his first since early on in college. We had an amazing time together, but I had both feet in, and he didn't. Let's remember that line. You had both feet in. He did not. You gave him the chance to commit and be responsible for you. And what did he say? He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for you. Not ready in general. He wasn't ready for this match, and it's over. I'm sorry to put it so frank, but you got to break out of this. Because what you're doing right now is you're both 26, and you're both saying, well, we're following each other on social media. But, you know, all of a sudden, you're 46, and you're still interacting with them and spending minutes out of your day going, well, I just wanted to check in with you to let you know I'll be unfollowing. What? 
No. What you had was great. That This is the other thing. Just because you broke up doesn't mean it was a bad thing for you. What you had was what you had. You learn from it. You move on. You take the things you liked about this guy and the things you didn't like about this guy to rate the next person. So here's your move. Do it right now. Do it. Do it. I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm like the guy. <clears throat> I feel like I'm in. <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, like the bad guy. You know, the, the, the menacing Star Wars guy. It's like. Like, I feel like I'm like the, like, sweep the leg, Johnny. That's what I'm saying. Sweep the fucking, sweep the social media leg. Take him out. Chop off his head. You know what? Because you're going to feel better. And he's going to text. He's going to message. He's going to want to know why. You don't, these people don't deserve answers. The answers were broken up. I'm moving on. I got, and, and you don't have to answer to that. And he's going to say hurtful things to try and get things out of you, to try and get a reaction out of you. And all you can do is let the baby cry itself out. But I don't, I don't think I should block him out of the blue. Yes, that's exactly what you should do. Block, delete, unsubscribe, out of the blue, get out. Because what you're going to do is you're going to get a conversation and what you're going to hear, you're going to talk to someone that you like but you can't be with and you're going to think that you're not deserving of someone that will like you because this guy will only hang with you on social media. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. This is a loner episode. If you enjoy the loner episode, you'll love Coffee with J Train every Sunday on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. I love doing Coffee with J Train. I like doing this alone one. It's tiring. We're still pushing. A little jet lag. What's up with infidelity lately? Oh. Hey Jared, love your stuff. Saw your stand up in Boston. It was hilarious. Oh, thank you. Am I coming places? Oh, that's a good reminder. I'm gonna be coming to your town. If you're in New York City, I'm gonna be at Gotham, April twelfth and thirteenth. One of the shows is already sold out. Okay. Get the crew involved. I'm not just saying this, people. Okay? Even if they don't listen to the podcast, this isn't me holding hands with people talking about the podcast stuff. This is us. We're doing stand-up. It's going to be a great time. Everyone who comes has a blast. And for me, I know you're going to have fun. I know you're going to have fun. It's your friends that I'm most concerned with. They don't know me. But by the end of the night, ooh, they're going to know Papa JT. They're going to know the Climax Czar. I'm going to Climax Czar right in their face. I'm also coming to Philadelphia. May 2nd through 4th. That's a lot of shows. We need you, baby. Come on out, Philly. Come on out, Philly. I'm also, um, I'll give you guys this little behind-the-scenes action. I'm going to be opening for Michelle Wolf on a lot of dates. San Francisco, Vermont, San Diego, Rhode Island, Worcester, I'm doing on my own. Mohegan said I'm doing on my own. Indianapolis, uh, I'm doing Seattle on my own. Cleveland, and then I might be going to... Abroad, cheerio, mate. I might be coming to London town. So if you see Michelle Wolf coming to your town, I might be opening for her. So get involved with those tickets. Go to jaredfreed.com, jaredfreed.com, jaredfreed.com. The website's back. It was a little broken last week. So get involved. Here's my question. I know you've taught. Oh, hoping to see you again in Seattle in June. Yeah, I'll be there. Um, here's my question. I know you've talked about this before on the podcast, but I am seriously starting to wonder if there's anyone who doesn't cheat. 
that or I give off some vibe that apparently I won't mind being the other woman for a night. And I'm therefore getting a skewed sample size. She puts smiley face. I go to bars and clubs often, whether it be a more low-key spot or a more uppity kind of place. So I'm talking about all walks of life. It's gotten to the point where almost once a week for at least the past few months, I end up being pursued by a man in a relationship slash married. Sometimes they're upfront about it. Other times we've hooked up and I found out later. So what's the deal? It goes without saying that social media and dating apps have upturned dating norms, but I literally can't wrap my head around the fact that it seems like everyone will cheat for one fun night. I'm single just for having fun myself, so it's not as though I'm trying to date these people either, but I still find it mind-blowing. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. For reference, uh, she wants a Shelby lookalike. I'll send this to Shelby. He can let's get Shelby to chime in. I'll tell Shelby that I'm going to send it to him right now. I'm going to tell him she wants a lookalike at 36 minutes ish. Let's put her in. She looks like a young Naomi Judd, but I stress the word young. Don't. Google her now. Um, I here's the thing about dudes. Um, the guys. This is gonna sound really bad, and this is gonna sound really bad. But guys like it. I mean. Guys will respond to pretty much all female attention in one way or another. And if you're someone who's like, and I'm not, I don't mean to like blame the victim here because I, that's not kind of what I'm getting at. But if you're someone approaching men and you give them the opening to talk to you, whether they're in a relationship or not, they're going to talk. I don't know. And then, I'll, and I'm looking at her pictures. Yeah, she's a good looking girl, of course. Um, the lookalike for me, I'm going to leave this to Shelby, but but here's the other thing. And and this is going to sound, I, I don't want to sound bad, but I'm, I'm going to hit with some reality. If you go out and you're flirty, fun, laughing at guys' jokes, those guys are going to just go into you. This is, and, and they're going to, they're going to keep, I used to go out with my friends and I, I would get annoyed at like some of my friends because I would be single and some of them would be still like out there talking to girls. And I was like, what the fuck, man? We're trying to get the scraps. And, you know, for those guys, um, they were just enjoying the game. It's kind of like playing pickup intramural soccer for a lot of guys. We're like, oh, wow, I still can play. And you see it in the, the hardest part about being a guy that no one really gives a shit about is that. Ego never dies. Women, it kind of feels like their ego goes away right away. Like, look at all these 22-year-old girls that call themselves the grandma. Oh, I never go out anymore. I'm such a nana. It's like, you're 25, bitch. No guy says that shit. Guys don't believe that they get older. Guys think they still got it. I see it, you know, I kind of... I see it in my, you know, in, in people in my own life. I, my dad sometimes, I'm like, you're an old man. And he'll go, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, oh, this whole thing never goes away. That's kind of the scary part about being a guy. Look at Bob Kraft, 77 years old, the owner of the Patriots, okay? 
She also, this girl, has a lot of, she has a open account with a lot of, lot of yoga pant butt shots comparing asses from, she's a big workout girl. I gotta step in here. He was looking at the wrong Instagram account, and the emailer in question is not a professional full-time bodybuilder. But I'm not saying that's the reason, you know, she had a before and after of her butt and Instagram. But I'm just saying, you know, you're going into the bear cave. You got to expect that this is going to, you got to wear, ward them off. And it's a hard question for me to answer because it is so general. I can't say, but I can tell you that guys are always going to play pickup. They're always going to play intramural. They're going to want to see if they still got it because the ego never, never ages. So whatever your ego was at 20, you have it at 30. And whatever your ego was when you were dating around, you have it when you're in a relationship. It's, it's kind of just to see if you're still alive. And I'm not saying that, that you know, a lot of guys go to the edge and they walk away. Well, I'm married. I can't. This was a nice conversation. Happy to buy you a couple shots. But... Other guys are willing to, you know, go the, the distance with these things. I can't speak for every guy. All I can say is that they're just knowing that, like, when I've gone out with friends, just be, you know, you go on a batch party, you go on a batch, you know, going to a guy weekend. Guys are still talking to girls. Guys are still, you know, seeing. Okay, let's see if I feel like a man today. And that's kind, of, you know, that's kind of the the reality of it. And that's kind of a hard thing for people to you know own up to. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. We're sponsor people. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. If you've got a business and you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're out of your mind. Hiring people is challenging. There's so many job sites, resumes to go through, and ways to review people. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's pretty damn good. Okay. Listen, ZipRecruiter is great. It's really hard to find good people to help you out with what you're doing. Um, big business, small business, whatever it is, go check it out. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. J- that's J-T-R-A-I-N, JTrain. ZipRecruiter.com slash JTrain. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Go check out ZipRecruiter. They're great. Big fans over here. JTrain podcast at gmail.com. JTrain podcast at gmail.com. Or would you rather? Mr. Train, nothing but a plethora of feathers to you and your excellent guests. Also sending all the shits and no tits to Shelbo. For the re- but for real, Shelby, you're killing it. Yeah, I agree. Shelby's killing it. Would you rather lose access to toilet paper and have to use your hand to wipe for one year, but never have a hangover for the rest of your life? Ooh. Or have access to the best toilet paper wherever you go for the rest of your life, but have a consistent, debilitating hangover for one year. 
if I'm going to be honest, considering the hangovers I get now, I get hangovers to the point where it's like it's it encourages my drinking. Like I'll be like, oh, I'm hungover. Well, I guess I just just keep it going. And then you're like, wait a minute, I've been drinking for a month. I would much rather it, listen. Hand to wipe sucks, but at least you know there's a there's a sink in it. There's more sinks in bathrooms than there is toilet paper. So you're guaranteed to have a sink in every toilet you go into. So you are going to get to wash your hands. And I would figure out a way to use my hand and then wash it, then wash my butt. I'd, I'd end up you know, making my own kind of handmade bidet. So I'm going to go with no toilet paper for one year, never have hangovers the rest of my life. Shelby, you got an answer? You can pop in. Gotta go duty hands for me as well. Fair weather breakup. J-Trin, I'm new to the podcast. I'm loving it. I have a situation I'm hoping you, Classic Shelby, and your esteemed guests can shed some light upon. My boyfriend of two years recently broke up with me, but it wasn't exactly a classic breakup situation. He's 27 and I'm 23. And just as background, he has an extremely volatile, volatile schedule. Listen. No breakup happens because of a schedule. I can say that right now because I am currently in a relationship where my schedule is not is is easily to blame. When I met, I'm, I'm just giving you my personal thing. I think schedules just schedules the easy excuse, and it's always easy to say, "Well, not tonight. I got a thing come up. Not tomorrow night. And I got a thing come up." And then two weeks go by, and you haven't seen them for a while, and you're like, "Well, we haven't fucked in two weeks, so I'm not that big of a dickhead." That's real talk right there. I mean, when I first met my girlfriend, I was traveling every week over the fall, and it sucked because it, you know, there's there's moments of it sucking. But if both people are you know, saying, well, we'll figure it out when we figure it out. I think it works. Like, we get in fights about my schedule all the time. And to the point where I go, well, that's what it is. And we both kind of look at each other and we laugh about it and it sucks. But you learned a deal. Also, in my mind, and kind of the thing where we get in arguments, my girlfriend and I, is like, if we're both trying, it's going to figure out. Like, it doesn't matter. So if two people are trying, then the schedule you go, well, this three days don't work, but the fourth day, we'll figure out an hour. And, you know, to some, they'll go, well, an hour? You only had an hour this week? When you, don't, when you like each other, you don't count the hours. You're just in it. Like, he's constantly traveling unexpectedly for long periods of undefined time. Sounds sketchy, I know, but his work is heavily dependent on weather for flying. All right, I'm just saying when you get the time, you know you have the time. You, you know, it, may be, it, it, it might be erratic, but if you have to leave on a Sunday night, you come back at some point. Hey, I'm coming back. Let's do this. Pretty much out of the blue, he said that he wasn't sure about our future together and needed some time to think and decompress, so we took a two-week break of no contact. He was very respectful. The conversation was quite emotional. After that period, we talked, and he still he, he still had so much uncertainty. He said that in the last few months, he felt like we had grown apart, and he couldn't put his finger on what we would, could do to make things better. I told him that I completely, I'm completely in love with him, and I wanted to do anything possible to improve our relationship. I admitted that we both have been fairly uh, complacent lately. We both try. We should, could both try harder. There was a long pause, and finally said that he had to decide whether or not he wanted me in his life. I don't know what the future holds, but I can't sit idly waiting for him to be sure because no one is ever 100% sure. That's the other thing. 
knowing it. What's, what's he supposed to say to you? You're 90%. Ah, uh, yeah, this is what feels good. He was sure enough that he wanted to end it that he had this conversation with you. He said he didn't know, uh, but we should probably go our separate ways. It's over. I'm crushed. I'm sorry. It sucks. I love his family. We get along so well. My family loves him and all our friends get along. I feel like we compl- compliment one another really well. And this is a pure, this is purely situational. I'm here to tell you, Uncle Jared is here to say that this is not purely situational. This isn't, the thing is, the 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 situational breakup is an easy story to sell because it is a story it is an a concrete novel that you can serve to family and friends when they go she's great why would you get rid of her situational the timing didn't work out it can't just cuz that's a lot easier to say to your friends and family you know what's harder to say ah, i just wasn't feeling it anymore but she's hot she's cool she's fun we love her yeah, but I, I, I think I want better, different for me, better for me. He's completely consumed with work, and I feel like he's taking our, our it out on our relationship. Yeah, no, I'm extremely disappointed that he's not addressing the potential we have together. Perhaps we are just aren't the match, and he's realizing that very suddenly. But I have a gut feeling there's more. Since he couldn't exactly break up with me uh, after two years of never having much conflict and com- communicating well, do you think it's possible for us to get back together? What are your thoughts on the situation? Anxious for your feedback. Thank you in advance. I think it's over. And I think you're feeling the way you do and he's feeling the way he does because of your ages. 27 and 23. 27 with your girlfriend of two years is... Well, how long was it? Two years. Recently broke up. 27 with your girlfriend of two years is this is it or move. Because at 27, that's when the dominoes fall. All the friends start to get married and engaged. All of them start to look at each other. Everyone starts to move on. Babies start to happen. The adulthood is... 27 is the, the adult age. Fuck 18. 27 is when it happens. I watched it with my friends. I'm seeing it with other people. At 27 is that age because all it takes is one person to get engaged and then everyone else is like, uh-oh, the clock has started for all of us because girls want to get engaged around the same time as each other. So all his friends are, start- and are starting to say, all their girlfriends are going, well, we're around the same time and they all want to be pushing strollers at the same schedule and being pregnant at the same time. This is something I never saw coming. When I never saw that the biological clock had nothing to do with, for this generation, the biological clock seems to have nothing to do with biology. It has everything to do with so, so society, societal biology. And it's, you know, women don't want to be alone when they're pregnant with no friends around going through the same thing as them. Guys don't want to be, and I held, I felt it a little bit too with my friends. Guys don't want to be the one guy that's out there single that's going, that's going out alone. I guess we all got to, you know, pack up. And when you look around you and you see it all happening to other people, you say to yourself, is this going to be the one? And at two years in, do I cut this off so that I'm not three years in and have wasted someone's time? And you're 23. You're out of college. Two years, maybe if that. He 
gave you stability. He gave you someone that was in their job and doing something that you know that they were sure of. That's that's another thing. At 23, all you want is stability when you can't. But it's it's really impossible to have. So those ages, you're gonna latch on, and he's gonna run away. And he's running away because he's not sure of the relationship. He thinks he could do better for him, not not than you. I, I don't think that you're not great and wonderful or a good match for somebody. But that's the thing. You're 23 and reality hasn't gotten there yet. He's 27. Reality just came to pass. Are you going to waste this girl's time or not? Everyone's wondering. I think the worst way to break up with someone is with the idea of getting back together. He has done it. It is the hardest thing in the world to go to someone you care about and tell them that you want to break up and never speak again. So I'm sure he cares about you, but that's the reality here. So you have to take that and you have to look at our last email or look at our other emails. The girl who's spending six months still getting likes from the guy. Separate. It's time. It happened for a reason. And what are you going to do? You're going to go through the same thing you just went through? You're going to go through the same? You're going to go through the same? Uh, you're gonna, what's going to happen is if you do get back together, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to get back together for six months, and he's going to go, well, I travel too much, and we have to break up. And then you're going to go, well, we already did this. And he's going to go, yeah, well, that I thought I tried to do it before, and uh, you made me feel bad. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Cushion for the pushing. Jared, big fan of the podcast and you up as well. Thanks for keeping it real and giving the male perspective. Would love to hear your opinion on what guys find sexy and attractive. <laughs> everything. Everything. We live in the world that has started to promote body positivity and show more real-looking women in the media, which is great, and I'm all for it, but I can't get the idea of, out of my head that guys only want Victoria's Secret-looking women with all the flat stomachs, perky boobs, and a perfect nut. No, 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 Celia, stop it. I've heard you say you're into more curvy-looking girls, and honestly, it shocked me. I don't know why, but I've always felt guys only find z- zero to two girls. No, this is you. All you have to do, I, when it, let's... I like to separate emotion from math, okay? I think, is it crazy to think? It's not crazy to think this way because I understand, like, listen, I got my own weight issues, and you get down on yourself, and you think, well, no one's into what I look like. And But, and I've said this on the other podcast a lot, you know, people, you go look at the categories for porn, and there's everything. There's different races, ethnicities, feet, you, someone's masturbating to a foot and you are the foot for somebody else. You're someone's foot. So what are guys attracted to? The skinny girls in magazines or chick with some cushion for the push? We're attracted to everything. 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 Go on Instagram right now and just look at the math of it. There are plus size models with a million followers and there's, you know, size zero models with a million followers. The dick has no bounds. I saw a girl in a crop top sweatshirt the other day, and I was like, I, and I like felt my penis move, and I was like, this, this makes me horny? 
a sweatshirt that's just cut a certain way? That's the thing. We have no idea. So many, we find so many weird things hot. And the thing is, guys are all visceral. You know, like girls, and I think this goes back to the cheating thing, the cheating email from before, where she's wondering, why are guys just willing to cheat? Because we're just eating whatever's in front of us. Oh, that's hot. I've gone on the train, the subway, and gone, that chick, that chick, that chick, that chick, that chick, hot, 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 hot. Yes, 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 yes. And there was no nose. And they were all different looks. And I think that's why, because it's not as mental for us. It's just not. It's not as, you know, for some women, they'll look at a guy and go, well, it looks like, it. well, his socks are weird. And you're like, okay. Oh, he wears, he wears pinstripe suits? Well, he must be a dick. I don't like him. And it's like, no guy's ever done that. Oh, she's in a baseball hat? Hot. Crop top sweatshirt. How would I have known? Never would have known. It shocked me. We'll do one more email. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. This is an alone episode. If you're enjoying it, I want to hear back. If you didn't like it, let me know too. I mean, for me, change of pace. We'll have a guest on the Friday episode. I have an idea of who it's going to be. But uh, listen, if you're enjoying, let me know. I want to hear. Overzealous messenger. J Train, long time email, a long time listener, first time emailer, was wondering if you could give me some advice on texting, texting messaging etiquette. I've noticed lately that on dating apps, I will send a message and don't get a lot of responses. Usually, two to three sentences long sends long messages to initiate conversation, commenting on something about their profile and give my thoughts. Basically, saying a lot so that the girl I'm messaging can have something to grab onto and respond to. I consider myself to be above average. Looking at my profile has an interesting, fun bio. And my pictures are all a variety of things and still don't seem to get a lot of responses. Is this common texting message etiquette? Do you have some advice for shortening messages so it doesn't visually look like a lot? I live in Alaska where dating apps aren't the most common thing. Am I suffering from a little uh, from a less than ideal location? Yeah, I'm assuming location. Alaska doesn't really help you out, buddy. Um, I will say this. You're saying I'm saying a lot. Brevity is the soul of wit. And you say you have a fun, interesting bio. I, I've seen some of the dudes' bios that have come into me for profile makeovers, okay? Usually when they say a lot of guys are out here with profiles to rush a fraternity. They go too cocky and girls are not cocky enough. So you, I think you got to bring yourself down a peg. I think you got to say less. Um, I think also you have to admit to the idea that you're in Alaska, and I think there's like a lot more women than men in Alaska or something like that. I think there's some sort of weird race. Um, I would say to you that, you know, I, I think it's twofold. You write, some, you write a message that has to do with their profile, you, and then you also don't take it so personally. People are meeting. We're all meeting on an app is less than meeting at a bar, Okay. So when you like someone on an app or swipe them right, that is your first round. You've gotten through the first interview. Then the second interview comes when they're like, okay, well, this guy talked to me. Uh, Let me look through it. I don't know. That picture's weird. I don't know. I have other guys I'm talking to. It's not about you on these dating apps. 
nine out of ten times, unless you're really taking chances. If you're writing to them something about their profile and it's a two-sentence thing, that's great. And asking questions and being interested, that's great. But I'd also encourage you, get out of the house. Sometimes the apps become, can I overtake you? And you think that's the only thing out there and it gets you down on yourself. And it's like, why? Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Let's finish with this one. They call me Queef Queen. Help. <laughs> Ooh, we got an issue. Dear Almighty Father of Feathers, I have a crush on one of the instructors at my studio gym, but I cannot for the life of me stop queefing around him. Come on. Stop it. <laughs> I normally have more control of my pelvic floor muscles. But when I find someone attractive, it's like my nervousness fries my mind-body connection. When I'm around him, I overthink, act awkward, and I'm not nearly as fun or personal as usual. Then my anxiety builds up to an embarrassing crescendo of queefs anytime I'm on my back or hanging upside down. Why are you hanging upside down? It's like my brain and body are trying to cockblock me, and now my friends all call me Queef Queen. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> The thing is, I'm pretty sure, pretty usually pretty good at carrying on a conversation with anyone. I just wish I didn't become such an awkward, watered-down, overqueef version of myself. I can't believe this is true around people I find attractive. I wish I could be more calm and relaxed so I could find be my more myself. Then I feel like the queefs and all the other awkwardness would stop. At least if I own who I am and fa- fail horribly, I'll have a good story to tell my friends that doesn't involve queefing. How do you manage being nervous and awkward and unfun around my crush? Well, I don't know if I can. So then she writes a hypo- thing. Help me uh, be seen for more than my queefs. Thank you, the queef queen. Hypothetical, maybe it will help. Would you rather have a girl that rips loud queefs or silent but deadly farts in public? I'd rather the silent but deadly farts because at least I could live. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the queefs. Because the queefs, from what I've learned recently, is that they're not really smelly. It's just a loud noise. It's just human. So I'd probably take the loud queefer just because it's fun. Every time you walk, it looks like you're stepping on a whoopee cushion. My advice to her is to I think this is kind of we start we end where we began. I think when you're in the gym, because she has a crush on one of the instructors at her studio gym, can't for like start queefing around. Get away from the gym. I think that's the thing. Send them a DM. Just be like, hey, me and my friends are going out this weekend. Thought it'd be fun if you and some friends came. You seem pretty cool. I uh, just wanted to put it out there. Just wanted to put it out there as a great ending to a to 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 a message with someone you don't really know that well. And then at least the gym, with the confines of the gym, you got yoga pants, there's got to be some stretchy thing that causes queefs with that. Um, I don't know, I'm not a scientist. And, but I would say at least you, when you're out with your friends, you're comfortable with them and they're all being fun. And, you, and also a lot of talking with people is muscle memory. So if you're in a conversation with all your friends and then this guy shows up, then at least you're in the rhythm of talking with friends. And then it's like, because in the gym, you know, he said he's an instructor at your gym, you're going up to people cold. That's the hardest conversation to start. When you, hey, how you doing? I'm, and it's like, oh, oh, fuck, I don't even know how to say hello. 
But when you're already in the midst of a conversation, oh, hey, these are my friends. And you can do the intro where you introduce them to all your friends. And, oh, I know him from the gym. Oh, what do you teach? Oh, he teaches this great class. And then you can, like, do it for Now you're, like, presenting them to the audience as opposed to going up cold into someone. Hey, hey, good to see you again. Like, you're trying to create conversation. With friends around through the DM, it's uh, the conversation's already been created. All the starters have started there for you. That's my move. JTrainPodcast.com. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Tuesday and Friday. This was a turn down the lights alone episode. We'll be back on Friday from Vegas. Boom. <laughs>